As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. The Bears Talk Underground is brought to you by our friends at Bet Online. Bet Online knows you might not be able to get out to a game this year, but you can still get in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on everything imaginable this season. From game spreads and totals to team player and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than any place online. Head on over to Bet Online today and use promo code ARMCHAIR to take advantage of all the great sign up bonuses. Bet Online, your online sports book experts. <laughs> What's up, guys? The Week 14 Deep Dive Review. How about that? We got our first win in nearly two months, almost to the day uh, since our last win. Week 6 in Carolina. Week 14 over Houston is when we finally uh, returned to Club Dub and, and had something to uh, to celebrate. And, uh, you know, a, a, an explosive play to start the game uh, with our first, uh, you know, uh, first possession and David Montgomery's ADR touchdown run, uh, a totally, completely dominant uh, second quarter, a third quarter that made me insane. Wait till you hear the knee jerk reaction for that one. And then, you know, the fourth quarter, we put it in cruise control and, and rode it out to the end for an easy win uh, over this football team. And there's been a lot of talk about how. Uh, depleted and and beat up and you know how much uh, the Houston team was missing you know they they lost Will Fuller to uh, to a suspension uh, they they lost Randall Cobb to to IR and uh, they released Kenny Stills so they were very depleted in their wide receiving core uh, David Johnson wasn't going to play due to COVID uh, and you know their defense was was banged up uh, as well and my only answer to that was. We won thirty six to seven. So when a team is depleted, and and you know as as the Texans were, this is what you're supposed to do. You know you're not supposed to sit there and barely eke out a seventeen to fourteen win over a football team like this. You put over, you stick your foot dead in their ass, and you don't let it go until the clock strikes zero. And that's what the Bears did, and walked away with a twenty nine point, uh, you know, no doubt about it, victory. Uh, over the Texans I mean this thing was over by halftime when it was 30 to 7 uh, the second half turned out to be just a for formality and um, you know the third quarter like I said will be more nitpicky complaints or at least it will sound like it considering what our offense did uh, this week and, and how well the defense was playing at that point uh, and everything but it's just something that could end up hurting us in the long run I'll talk more about it that uh, in uh, not talk more about that uh, as we get to it so Let's go ahead and dive in. It's time for the deep dive review for week number 14 on the Bears Talk Underground. So let's get to it. Well, Deshaun Watson came to town. It was a uh, game on the schedule with the way our defense has been playing that we've been dreading. Uh, you know, when, when you were hearing uh, the, the experts and, and whatnot picking the Texans to win, I mean, even Brett Coleman, when we had him on the show uh, last week, was was picking the 
Texans to win, uh, you know, after back-to-back 30-plus performances to good quarterbacks in, in Rodgers and Stafford. And Stafford did so without Kenny Galladay, without um, DeAndre Swift uh, in the backfield. So two of their best players on offense, they still racked up 34 points. Uh, on our defense why couldn't Houston and Deshaun Watson who's just as good a quarterback as Stafford and uh, you know uh, playing his way to being in the Rodgers uh, conversation if he keeps this up why couldn't he uh, and his depleted roster do the same thing to our defense and it was hard to argue against it it really was going into the football game it didn't seem likely on paper but you know, that's what we thought last week with no Galladay and no DeAndre Swift going into the Lions game, and they torched us for 34 points. So, uh, you know, very little uh, for us to stand on. And then the game started, and reality kicked in. Uh, you know, it, it did kind of – you'll hear me talk about it almost immediately in the knee-jerk reaction. Uh, it looked like the defense was going to be up to its same old tricks with the, the last two weeks against Green Bay and Detroit and looked like we are going to be getting to a shootout uh, on this thing but they did settle down they did you know buckle down on Watson uh, and company and and we we all know how the final score uh, worked out but they were doing plenty to make us nervous there uh, in the beginning with the way that Watson and company were moving the ball uh, to start uh, the better news was offense came literally exploding uh, out of the gates uh, you know with Montgomery's 80-yard touchdown run a hole big enough to drive a uh you know, a semi truck through and, you know, barely touched on an 80 yard run. I mean, what a way to start the uh, football game. So let's go ahead and dive right into the knee jerk reactions here. You'll hear me talk about it in the the first quarter knee jerk reaction. The defense was making me nervous uh, there at the very beginning, but uh, things started to settle down towards the end uh, of the first quarter and uh, looked like we were going to give the Texans hell uh, for this football game. Knee-jerk reaction, first quarter, Bears and Texans, and crazy start uh, to the game. You know, it, it, it looked like the defense was going to be its same old self from the last couple of weeks. You know, Watson was coming out and, you know, moving the ball. He was – they weren't able to get to him. He had seven, eight seconds to throw the ball at one point uh, and everything. But uh, – Three drives for the Texans in the first quarter result in three in two and one turnover. Uh, Khalil Mack ripped the ball out of Duke Johnson's hands on the second uh, possession for the Texans. The offense did nothing with it, so it was much ado about nothing, unfortunately. But a great play from uh, Mack. It's like Akeem Hicks held him up, and uh, Khalil came in and just stripped the ball out. Uh, on the offensive side of things for the Bears first play of the game David Montgomery takes it 80 yards for a touchdown so of course is David Montgomery on the field for the first play of the next drive of course not but that would be crazy Uh, (laughs) so you know like I said second drive the Bears do nothing it was run run sack uh, you know on that second drive but the third drive the, the one that the Bears are on now the one that ended the quarter all I can say is finally, okay, finally, all this time, the, you know, the, the, the experts, the talking heads, the pundits, all of them have been saying that Mitch is not a drop back passer. You get Mitch more on rollouts and boots and sprint, uh, sprint outs and things like that. Mitch is, I think, six for six or seven for seven on this drive. 
and the throws are either three steps, ball out, or Mitch is rolling out, left, left side, right side, you know, and moving the football like an efficient, you know, a well-oiled machine right now. So we'll see where we're at. We're deep in, in Texans territory here uh, to start the second quarter. Uh, we'll see if the Bears can keep this momentum going offensively. If they're going to throw the football, do what Mitch is good at. Let him get out into the open space where he's more comfortable, where the pass rushes and breathing down his neck. And, and VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Let him read the field a little bit better and, and get rid of the ball. And, uh, you know, see if we can't give Montgomery more than four carries in the second quarter because that's all he got in the first. <laughs> Unfortunately, I don't think that happened. I mean, Montgomery ran for 100 yards uh, in the first half. He finished the second quarter at over 100 yards, um, but uh, he finished the game at a 113. He finished the game with 11 carries. Um, you know, for, for our running back to come in and go 80 yards on the first carry and for him to only touch the ball 10 times for the rest of the game, 10, 10 times for 3.3 yards. Yeah. 33 yards on 10 carries, not a horrible, uh, average, but it's the same as last week when you see the way that the guy is running, you know, and in the few passes that he caught out of the backfield, why wouldn't you want to keep putting the ball in that guy's hands? It's like I, you'll hear me say it in, in the third quarter knee-jerk reaction. I, I, I don't understand. I just don't understand. Um, you know, it, it doesn't make any sense to me. And I know the counter-argument to that was Mitch and how well he was playing. And you heard me mention it there uh, in the quarter was, you know, finally. Finally, we're getting Mitch out of the pocket. We're doing the bootlegs. We're doing the rollouts, the, the play-action stuff. He, the the high percentage uh, throws where he's you know only throwing in about five or six yards to his to a to a receiver that was either you know cutting a, a crossing route across the field or like a tight end that kind of gave that little block and then ran out to, for a route and, and things like that. We we're doing very very well uh, with that, and it was what was what was really encouraging was that you're seeing Mitch look downfield first. And then taking that short route to, you know, to Cole Komet or to Jimmy Graham or uh, Anthony Miller or something like that. And uh, every now and then he'd push the ball to the middle where where Allen Robinson was and things like that. So, you know, Mitch was reading the field a lot better. The Bears, like like I said, looked like a, a high, you know, a highly efficient, well-oiled machine uh, on that drive. And it was really great to see. You could see Mitch's confidence building. Uh, at the end of the first quarter on that drive and it it really just you saw you saw it continue into the second quarter and it w it was a really great thing to see but it was also maddening to think that 
<laughs> Montgomery wasn't on the field for the for the next drive. Um, you know, he just ran for 80 yards and a touchdown, but let's let's keep him on the sidelines a little bit longer. I was joking with my dad, texting back and forth. Montgomery already has too many yards, so of course he's going to be on the sidelines for the next drive. And of course he was. He was on the sidelines for the next drive. So, or at least to start it out, uh, those first few plays. Um, after the, uh, I think it was the after the turnover that uh, Montgomery didn't come out. It was it was uh, Patterson. And like I said, it was run, run, sack. And so I think Montgomery might have been in there on the uh, on the sack on on the pass play. Uh, and unfortunately, the one thing that Dave Montgomery isn't very good at is pass blocking. Uh, he, I I don't know if it was that particular play, but it happened again in the game. Is that it was Montgomery to take on the safety, and the safety pretty much ran through Montgomery to get to Mitch uh, on the sack. So that's one thing that Montgomery needs to work on in the off season is his uh blitz pickups because it's more like he's tr- he's absorbing the 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 player you know like kind of catching them as opposed to you know like sweetness would do is just bury a shoulder underneath your chin and make make it so that you don't want to come through that gap next time around so um that's what uh, montgomery needs to work on but other than that he was fantastic even catching balls out of the backfield you know, it it, uh, it was obvious that uh, Montgomery's playing with some kind of chip on his shoulder in this last month uh, of the season, and he he should be the focus of our offense right now. Completely, I just think, you know, we need to get behind this kid and and uh, you know and ride him to the end, um, and go along with what we did against the Texans and the rollouts and the uh, and the bootlegs and stuff like that. Mitch looked really really good in this game. He seems like he's been improving the the last three weeks. He looked he looked better uh, against the Packers than he had in a while. He looked really great last week against the um, Lions, and he looked even better in his great duel with uh, Watson uh, in this game on on uh, on Sunday. So Mitch is improving. Uh, it's it's starting the conversation about bringing him back next year and blah blah blah. We'll cross that bridge when we come to it. Okay, let's see how these last three weeks uh, uh, turn out before we start crowning him again. And uh, you know, yes, the offense is playing with Mitch. Uh, offense is playing much better uh, with Mitch under center. But um, you know, also a couple of things that weren't happening when Foles was in there. We're running the ball, so play action is actually something our our opponents have to consider. And uh, the offensive line is blocking a lot, a lot better. These were luxuries that Nick Foles didn't have. So, um, you know, it's like I'm not trying to take anything away from Mitch. Those are just the facts. We were this this offensive line combination did not block for Foles. It's only been in there for Mitch. They seem to be getting better as we're going along. Our running game is has been established. We actually have one now, and you know we're we're finally calling plays that work to Mitch's strengths as opposed to having him twisting in the wind uh, as a straight drop back on every throw. So anyway, let's go into the second quarter knee-jerk reaction where the Bears really turned up the volume on the Texans and pulled away. (laughs) Knee-jerk reaction, second quarter, Bears and Texans, and holy hell, what did I just watch? I watched the Bears score 23 points in the second quarter. Legit points, too. I mean... And it, the funny thing is, it, it should be more. We should have gotten something out of that turnover in the first quarter. Um, you know, it, it was total domination uh, from the Bears uh, in the second quarter. Um, 
you know, and, and the funny thing is the defense should actually be doing better than it is if we could just figure out how to wrap up Deshaun Watson. We've had him sacked in the pocket at least five or six times in the second quarter only to have him squirrel away each and every time except for uh, on the, I think, uh, two drives ago for the Texans. Uh, they fair catch a punt at the 20-yard line. Or actually, I think it was after a touchdown. They... Uh, they come out and, you know, they, they start at the 20 and sack from Bilal Nichols. We finally get him. And then on the very next play, another sack for a safety from Khalil Mack. Boom. Just like that, we're up 16-7. to seven. I mean, we, we'd had a, a Jimmy Graham touchdown just before uh, the Bears wrapped up that last drive that they were at the end of the first quarter with a touchdown to Jimmy Graham. So 16-7, to seven, it's just like that. And... <clears throat> It's, it's more of what I was saying before, and it's a combination. It's bittersweet for me because we, Mitch, we're doing everything that we should be doing for Mitch. We're rolling him out. We're getting him some. We're getting quick throws out of it, and it seems like every time we drop back in a five or seven step drop, Mitch gets sacked. It, it's I, we've we've he's he's gotten sacked at least two or three times in the first half, and every time he drops back for a long pass, he gets sacked. But when he does the quick throws, when he gets the ball out, when he does the rollouts, the sprints and, and things like that, the bootlegs, he doesn't get touched. We move the football. Mitch only has 178 yards passing, but he's got three touchdown passes in the first quarter. David Montgomery's over 100 yards rushing in the first half. Uh, Allen Robinson is closing in on 100 yards. He caught the third touchdown pass, and I think they said he was at 90 yards or something like that just before that play, so he's about 95-ish in the first half. We're running all over. We're rolling all over the, uh, the Texans. They have no answer for what we're doing. So here's the real trick. We get the ball back to start the second half. Can we continue this momentum? Can we score a legit offensive touchdown in the third quarter and really just cement that this is going to be our day we're going to break the streak. We're going to finally beat the Texans. And Mitch is going to win his duel with Watson. Not that it really means much in the grand scheme of things, but bragging rights don't hurt. And uh, obviously we know the Bears need a win in the worst kind of way. So, I mean, if we can play like this the rest of the way, you know, it's like we got the Vikings next week who have been a 50-50 team since we left them, uh, since we last saw them. You know, it's and then we got the Jaguars after that. We could be setting ourselves up for something here. But, uh, you know, we're playing some good football today, and I'm glad to see it. Let's see how it goes in the second half. <laughs> this is how you know the Bears are playing well. They have me optimistic about our playoff chances again, <laughs> or, or at least they did right at halftime uh, when, when this was all happening. A 23-point uh, explosion uh, in the second quarter, which included the Bears beginning to get after Watson, starting what would be a seven-sack performance uh, from our defense. Uh, what was ironic was they gave that safety to, to Roquan Smith, not Khalil Mack, even though it, it was it was Mack's sack. Um, either way, uh, you know, Bilal Nichols got us started with that 11-yard tack, uh, loss on the first sack, got the safety on the next one. I mean, they were flying around. It looked, they looked like their old 2018 selves uh, on that particular 
uh, drive with the way that they were flying around and the pocket was collapsing and uh, and everything. It was like they just had a meeting at the quarterback is is what happened uh, on that play. It was awesome to see. And, and like I said, with uh, the way that we're playing uh, on offense, if, you know, 30 points last week, 30 points at halftime this week uh, and everything, we'd be a tough team to contend with, man. If we could get it straightened out, this is the team we've all been waiting to see. You know, the efficiency and the way we're moving the football, the way that we're running. Well, you know, Mitch is making good decisions. He's reading the field better uh, on those rollouts and things like that. We could definitely be a team that you don't want to trifle with, uh, you know, when it comes down to the to the playoffs. It's not a crazy idea if we can keep this up. You know, the only caveat to that was that, you know, the Lions aren't, aren't, a, good, aren't a very good team that we put 30 points on uh, last week. The Texans, not only are they not a good team to begin with, they're extremely beat up and, and torn to pieces. So the the real validation for our thoughts and feelings about the what the Bears could be capable of come this Sunday with a Vikings defense that has been playing better um, since their 1-5 start and uh, a team that is also f- has something very big to play for uh, this coming Sunday uh, and everything. Can we do the same thing that we've been doing against a better defense, one that isn't ravaged by injuries and uh, and things like that? So that will be the real answer to the question coming this Sunday is can we keep doing what we've been doing against the weaker kid, if you if you know what I'm saying? So uh, that'll be the real test for this uh, for this offense to see if they can keep rolling. But what I just was really impressed with what we saw uh, from the offense. And, you know, it, it just but it also kind of you know, feels just like it's like I said, very bittersweet because it's like, where the hell has this been for the first 12 weeks uh, of the of the season? We weren't doing this in the first three weeks when Mitch was the starting quarterback. We kept trying to force the the, the square peg in the round hole and making him a drop back passer, things like that, watching him struggle with that. And, you know, maybe it was maybe it was laser. Maybe it was just like, well, this is what Mitch is good at. So this is what we have to do. We just have to find a way to put it to, to fit it into Nagy's offense. So that's what we got to do, you know, like to lighten up on the RPOs and, you know, get after uh, these these bootlegs and these sprint outs and, and things like that to give Mitch uh, to get Mitch out of the pocket because it's obvious that he doesn't do well there. I mean, obviously, they're not going to never throw from the pocket. Um you know, Mitch didn't get sacked every single time he did a straight drop back, but he was definitely under pressure, and Mitch doesn't handle that well. It's it's just unfortunate uh, that that's the truth. Um, you know, but uh, it was uh, it was nice to see us working the offense around the quarterback and what he's good at, and seeing the results that we've all anticipated that we would see if we tailored the offense to his talents. So, I mean, we watched Baltimore do it with Lamar Jackson and make him the MVP. Uh, last year 14 and 2 but you know all that kind of stuff uh Watson for uh, excuse me you know Mahomes fits in perfectly with the offense they want to run there in Kansas City so not only is it is it running well it's running outstanding the Chiefs are the best team in the NFL uh again uh this year and and Mahomes is a big reason why so you've got these other examples across the league of of doing you know running an offense or tailoring the offense to what your quarterback is good at and watching these teams succeed in the meantime. So, like, why did it take us so long to get to this point um, uh, and everything? So, 
But here we are. We uh, we took a we we started with a drubbing of the Texans in the second half or in the second quarter. Now we move on to the third quarter, and this is where my frustrations mounted. And um, you know it it's going to sound more like belly aching because we're by the time at the time I'm making this knee jerk reaction, we're up 26 points. We kick a field goal in the third quarter. We're up 33 to seven. So it really just does sound like belly aching, but. It speaks to a bigger problem or something that could become a bigger problem, especially if we do make it to the postseason. The teams that we'll end up running into in the postseason are likely teams that we've already played and or lost to, like Green Bay and Los Angeles and New Orleans. Those are teams that are all waiting for us in the postseason, and the strategy that we've been employing in the second half uh, will not work against these football teams, especially if, God forbid, we're nursing a lead going into the second half. <laughs> New jerk reaction, third quarter, Bears-Texans. Uh, the good news is uh, we scored points in the third quarter, a field goal on the opening drive. But um, I am pretty certain David Montgomery didn't touch the ball once in the third quarter. Not one time. And, um, <laughs> yeah, um, we're, we're up 33-7. And we come out passing the ball on the opening drive. Um, I, I just, I, I don't understand. I don't understand. We're up 30 to 7 coming into the half. We get the football. Obviously, you know, we want to score, we want to be aggressive, but also at the same time, we want to keep the clock moving. You know, we want to get the hell out of dodge. We want to give the Texans fewer chances to catch up, unlike what we did last week. So, even with this much larger lead, the Bears are employing the same strategy. Um, the defense gave up an eight-and-a-half-minute drive from the Texans and then held firm on the goal line. They had a goal line stand. The Texans walk away with nothing on an eight-and-a-half-minute drive. And what do we do after that? Pass, 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 and give the ball right back. It's like, hello, dickhead. Our off-guard defense was just on the field for eight-and-a-half minutes run the ball and burn a couple of minutes to give them a break. I like I just don't understand it. I don't understand. But we're up 33 to 7. The Bears just shut the, the Watson and company down uh turnover on downs to end the third quarter, so we got the ball in Houston territory. Let's see how we finish this thing out. <laughs> I was really pissed, man. I and I, I still don't get it. I, I I'm I it just it bothers me as much now as it did when I was when I was recording that. I just I just can't wrap my head around what the hell Nagy and Laser uh, are thinking. Why aren't we running the ball in that situation? And and you guys probably heard me say it on the the Bear Bear Down show yesterday. Was that you know we're watching the game, you know. 
because of the social distancing, because of COVID and everything, you can't really gather up people uh, to watch the game with. So I'm constantly texting with my buddies, you know, three, four guys, you know, including my dad and everything. And every one of them in the third quarter is texting me to find out, to ask me why, you know, asking me why we're not running the ball. Why aren't we running the ball here? Why do we just pass like on six or seven straight plays uh, to start the second half? When we've got a 23 point lead. Uh, and everything. I mean, and then like, especially after we just had an eight and a half minute drive, we come out pass, pass, pass before we send the ball back uh, to to Houston. It's like, <laughs> Jesus Christ, what? It, didn't we just have a running back who ran four hundred yards in the first half? Why the hell aren't we running the ball? Like, why did like that? Just was it was a fluke that it happened? Even though it's like the third week in a row he's done that. So I mean, you know, the third week in a row that he's looked like a you know a, a human machine. Uh, running the ball out there but uh, you know never mind uh, how good he's looked we got to keep throwing the ball and, and I know and I said at the beginning of the New York reaction like I understand to start the second half you want to be aggressive but that doesn't mean you can't run the ball it, it just we, we just come out pass 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 it just it doesn't make any sense it really doesn't. And as I said before uh, the before the knee jerk reaction when we get to play in teams, like New Orleans, who has one of the best defenses in football right now, period. We play the Green Bay Packers, who are better than the teams we've played on defense lately. And, uh, you know, it was with the Rams, who are the number one defense in football right now. <laughs> it's, you know, you can't mess around uh, with these teams. If we get a lead on these teams, we have to be smarter about what we're doing uh, on offense. Because right now, the, what the, the strategy we're employing is just stupid. Especially since all three of those teams have offenses that can light us up. So we're going to want to employ a strategy that keeps the ball out of Drew Brees' hands or Taysom Hill, whoever the quarterback's going to be. Out of Jared Goff's hands, out of Aaron Rodgers' hands. God help us all. You know, if we have to play those teams in the playoffs, which is most likely, we don't want the we don't want the ball in those quarterbacks' hands. We got to do everything we can to keep it out of their hands. So you know the, the the passing or the 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 oversaturation of passing is what bothered me more than anything like i understand the impulse to want to stay aggressive to really want to pull a thing to pull away to really want there to be no doubt in the outcome of this game i get it but it just it didn't make any sense at the time that we weren't running the football at all we you know weren't running it all at all and that our running back that ran for 100 yards in the first half did not see the ball and barely saw the field until the fourth quarter. It, it made me insane. It made me insane. It's still bothering me now, obviously. But, um, you know, anyway, let's step aside real quick. We'll give our uh, sponsors a chance to uh, earn their money, and uh, then we'll dip right in. Fourth quarter knee-jerk reaction. It's just more of the same. Uh, kind of wondering why we weren't running the ball. Why did Montgomery only have a handful of carries uh, in the second half, um, despite the fact that our defense was outstanding, that Mitch looked better than he has probably ever uh, in a game, and we came away with a 29-point victory, but but leave it to Nagy to give me a reason uh, to bellyache and complain right after uh, our sponsors. <laughs> the Bears Talk Underground is brought to you by our friends at Bet Online. BetOnline knows you might not be able to get out to a game this year, but you can still get in on the action at BetOnline. 
BetOnline is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on everything imaginable this season. From game spreads and totals to team player and coaching props, BetOnline gives you more options to wager than any place online. Head on over to BetOnline today and use promo code ARMCHAIR to take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Support for the Bears Talk Underground also comes from Manscaped. The holidays are here. Have you made your wish list yet? Our sponsor today has the number one wished for gift of the year. Manscaped, the best in below and above the belt grooming. Manscaped is here to ensure you're taking care of your manhood and nose hairs with their new performance package. Ho, 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 fellas. Naughty or nice, tis the season to perform. You are in luck because the Manscaped Performance Package is the ultimate men's hygiene bundle and makes for the perfect gift. Imagine opening an attractive box that says your balls will thank you with the most sought-after gadgets and scents a person could find. Included in this package is the Weed Whacker Ear and Nose Hair Trimmer, which is waterproof and uses a 9,000 RPM motor-powered 360-degree rotary dual-blade system. Look, guys, 79% of partners polled admitted that long nose hair is a major turnoff, so why not use the best tools for the job here? This bundle also includes the Lawnmower 3.0 trimmer, the best trimmer on the market for your balls, butt, and body. The dads can't stop talking about this, the teens secretly buy this, and the women will love you for it. Tis the season to Manscaped, so get yourself, your dad, your brother, and friends the best package of all, the Manscaped Performance Package. And let's not forget their famous liquid formulations, the Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant and the Crop Reviver Ball Toner to maximize your ball hygiene routine. Get the Manscaped Package now to receive their two free gifts, the Manscaped Boxers and the Shed Travel Bag. The performance package is the best value that Manscaped has to offer and is hot off the presses. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code armchair at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at at manscaped.com and use the code armchair. What are you waiting for? Go whack your weeds and make Santa proud. Thank you, Manscaped, for making our holes look sexy. And with that... Let's get back to the show. <laughs> New York reaction, fourth quarter, Bears and Texans. And, uh, well, we held on. Uh, added another field goal for a 36-7 to outcome. Uh, we finally get a win over the Texans, first in the series history between these two teams. Um, we sacked Watson six or seven times. Uh, and honestly, this his offensive line is terrible. I feel sorry for that guy. Uh, if he wasn't as good as he is, uh, it would have been so much worse. Because um, like I said, we had him dead to rights at least five or six other times, and he got away. Like the pocket was collapsing around him, and he just you know would would break contain, or he would get you know he would duck underneath and and get out of the pocket and keep himself alive and avoid a sack he did it over and over in this game and I think the Bears uh had six or seven official sacks in this game it could have been you know 10 or 12 it was ridiculous um how how bad the offensive line was um offensively 
We scored 36 points, 410 yards. We did not turn the football over uh, today. So any complaints that I would have would be a nitpicky at best. But it just boggles the mind that, you know, they continue to do this, you know, you know, the continued passing uh, the football. That I, I, David Montgomery didn't run the football until like the like the first two plays of the uh, of the fourth quarter was the first time Montgomery touched the ball in the second half, which is bananas. Uh, he finished, I think, with 108, 109 yards rushing and or something crazy like that. I mean, it wasn't much. I'll I'll get the accurate number here um, in a minute, but it just he he only had, and actually, I want to say that he only had maybe a hundred. Not not 108 yards, but he only had eight or nine carries for the whole game. You know, for the whole game. It just, it doesn't, you know. But of course, that, that's all going to fall on deaf ears this week because the offense kicked ass. Very little of what we did didn't work this week. You know, it, it was almost all success uh, against a, a beaten up, and depleted uh, defense that wasn't very good to begin with, uh, and the Bears took full advantage of that. I mean, and, you know, that's what you're supposed to do in these type situations. So, um, you know, it's like on paper we were the better team coming into this thing, but people thought that uh, you know, with the way our defense has been playing, Watson and company would be able to do enough to get a win, and it wasn't a it was a hard theory to argue against, but thankfully it didn't. So the Bears improved to six and seven. They keep themselves in the hunt in the conversation for a playoff berth. Uh, I think that the uh, that next week's game against Minnesota will have would carry some weight because the Vikings, uh, last I checked, were losing to Tampa Bay. So either they are losing or they did lose to Tampa Bay today, which would make them six and seven. So both of us six and seven going into next week's game. Uh, against Minnesota would make that matchup very, very interesting uh, in the scheme of things. So we'll uh, we'll see what Chris Gates thinks about that when we talk to him this week. But uh, for now, let's uh, celebrate our first trip to Club Dub in almost two months. Last win was October 18th. Here it is December 13th. The Bears return to Club Dub, hopefully not for the last time in 2020. <laughs> So like I said, the playoffs is is a realistic thing now. It was a joke going into the game, but the fact that we won and the Vikings lost puts us right back on the edge of things. The Cardinals are the seventh seed right now at seven and six, and they've got some tough games coming ahead. I mean, if they lose one or two of those last three games, I think the Bears are have the tiebreaker over Arizona, maybe with our conference record or, or whatever, but if uh if we finish with the same record as the Cardinals, then we're in and the Cardinals are out. I mean, that's that's so crazy to me. You know, these last six weeks, we're all talking about 2021 and new GMs and new head coaches. If we make the playoffs, I mean, that changes everything. So, I mean, I don't know if we want to make the playoffs, <laughs> but, uh, you know, it'd be, it'd be nice to see them back in it, that's for sure. But, um, you know, it, it's, uh, it's an interesting uh, thought. Uh, thoughts on the on the fourth quarter like I said we kind of just cruised 
uh, on through. We sprinkled a little bit of David Montgomery in there, but he still ended up with 11 carries total uh, in the game, which means after an 80-yard run to start the football game, he only carried the ball 10 times in the other, what, 59 minutes of the game? I mean, it just – like our first drive was 12 seconds uh, of him running 80 yards for – for a touchdown or however long it was and and, and you know me you know after that it, it's uh you know it, it's nothing but uh we got 10 carries out of him for the rest of the game i think maybe he caught three or four uh passes uh, after that so you know a dozen or so more touches for montgomery after an 80 yard run to start the game just doesn't make sense to me it's it's not utilizing your weapons is you know it just we're misusing him, and 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 that's actually one of the main reasons I'd love to see Nagy out after this year, is that uh, we're misusing a lot of guys on this offense. I mean, look at Cole Komet. The last few weeks from Cole Komet, we're actually using the kid, and look at what he's doing. I mean, just this past Sunday against the Texans, he had four catches for 41 yards, and I'd really love to know how many of those yards were yak yards, yards after the catch because he was one of the guys that Mitch was hitting on those short three or four yard passes but he had a 10 yard per catch average on Sunday so he's taking the three yard four yard catch turning it into a 10 or 11 yard gain all four times that he caught the football so it's like he didn't hit Komet downfield for long throws Komet was one of his primary targets on those those rollouts and those bootlegs uh, and things on Sunday and this kid is, is churning it out uh, you know, and, and banging it out, getting, you know, seven, eight yards uh, uh, in yak yardage after each catch. So it's like, imagine the season he would be having if we'd been using him like this all along. So, you know, and, and I know you can probably with with no OTAs and, you know, the, the lack of, uh, you know, contact and whatnot in training camp and whatever. So maybe cancel out the first quarter of the season while he's still learning, learning on the fly. Uh, and everything but we barely used him at all in the first well in the first half of the season because before last week's game against Detroit he had 13 targets for eight catches and a touchdown I don't even want to know what the yardage was but it's like his stats for the season would be like a good game from Travis Kelsey uh, in Kansas City you know eight catches off of 13 carries and a touchdown for 110 yards or something like that that would be a good day for Travis Kelsey for Cole Komet it was the first three quarters of the season now that's just insane and now here we've been lo- using him very well uh, using him more exclusively he's getting more snaps than Jimmy Graham in the offense now uh, it's taken too long for us to get him here um, but he's here and I hope this continues, and it kind of really makes me look forward to 2021 when we'll see more of Cole Komet from the outset. Like maybe he could have a 50 or 60 catch uh, season and put up seven, 800 yards and, you know, maybe three or four, five, six touchdowns or, or something like that. I would love to see what he's going to look like as a bigger piece of the offense from the outset. And, uh, you know, the misuse of Montgomery and not putting the ball in his hands more when he's proven he's going to do something with it uh, and everything it's it's um it's frustrating uh to watch so you know maybe some fresh eyes and a different scheme will help these guys but um we got the guy we got and especially if we end up making the playoffs under this guy we're, we're probably got him for another year uh after this and so um we'll have to see um <laughs> 
But anyway, guys, that's uh, that's pretty much all I got. You know, we 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 win this football game. Uh, and like I said, I know everyone's been talking about, you know, will the Bears beat the Texans? Well, the Texans are not a a not a good football team and B kind of torn to pieces right now with their losses to suspension and to covid and uh, and, and everything uh, in between. And, and my answer is thirty six to seven. So, I mean, it's not like we won uh, a game like we did against the Lions where, you know, or well, we didn't win against the Lions, but a, a game like that where it was close, where the Texans, you know, are this banged up, depleted team and we just barely got by by, you know, scoring a touchdown late in the fourth quarter to overcome what would have been an upset victory or or whatever. We we buried our foot down their throat from the outset and didn't pull it out until the clock struck zero. We did what you're supposed to do to teams like this. If you're you're on you're better on paper and they're depleted and banged up and all that kind of stuff, you're supposed to dominate that team. If you're supposed to be a good football team, that's what you do. And the Bears did that. So I felt very good about what happened uh, on Sunday. A because we got our first victory in two months, but also that with the team that's banged up and, and depleted like this. Uh, the reality is if you're supposed to be a good football team, you're supposed to take full advantage of a game like that and bury them in the sand, uh, you know, in those, in that game. And we had a 30-7 to lead at halftime. We won it 36-7. to We sacked Deshaun Watson seven times. Uh, you know, we didn't turn the football over. Uh, Mitch was efficient, you know, three touchdowns, no picks uh, and everything. No fumbles or anything at all either, so – uh, I think they said it was the first time that we played a a clean game as far as no turnovers since week one. Like, we didn't turn the ball over against Detroit, and this was the first time since then that we hadn't turned the football over uh, in a game. And <laughs> it's like, unfortunately, that's true. It's been 13 weeks since we played a game where we didn't turn the ball over. So uh, it was a complete team win so not only did the offense kick ass the defense was dominant for the first time in in a long time it was great to see that again and you know Cairo Santos uh, he's making a play for the Pro Bowl man he really really is Uh, 17 uh, field goals in a row I think they said uh, after the last one uh, in the fourth quarter I think the one extra point that he's missed so far this year is because of shithead uh, Rashad Coward uh, not putting in any effort and letting him get let him get himself bowled over uh, in the uh, in the extra point last week against Detroit. So not his fault. Um, he's having a fantastic year. Uh, Pat O'Donnell quietly having a a solid solid year once again uh, for the Bears. And uh, you know, so it was a three phase uh, victory here. You know, it was uh, it was really fun uh, and relaxing to watch just be able to sit back and 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 watch the game um and you know finding things to complain and and nitpick uh about and i think my concerns are legitimate but when you win by 29 points they don't really carry much weight because your team played so awesome they won by you know four scores uh on sunday so uh we'll see how it goes I'm, i'm really excited about this vikings game uh, now uh, we're much more better equipped to play the Vikings this time than we were on Monday night. We were really just kind of, you know, trying to put a team together uh, to play uh, the Vikings. We had no David Montgomery in that game. We had our worst offensive line out there, and they delivered their worst performance uh, of the season uh, as well. And, uh, you know, 
The defense was great until Akeem Hicks went out. We were shut down Dalvin Cook, and Dalvin Cook got like 60 of his 90 yards after Akeem Hicks was out of the game, so no secret as to what happened there uh, and everything. So if we actually bring an offense with us against Minnesota, I really like our chances to come out of Minnesota uh, with a win. So we'll see how it goes. We're going to have Chris Gates on the show. We'll talk to him on Thursday to preview this game, get his thoughts on a on Monday night and uh you know when when we played and what's ensued after that a loss to the Cowboys eking past the um Panthers eking past the Jaguars getting beaten this past week by uh Tampa Bay it's been an interesting run uh that they've been on uh since we last played them so uh they lost a couple of games uh they they barely won a couple of others so they could have dug themselves easily a hole they wouldn't be able to get out of. And, uh, you know, up until they lost on Sunday, they were the seventh seed in the NFC. Now they're on the outside looking in, tied with us for that last spot outside of the of the playoffs. So should be a real interesting talk with Chris. Come back on Thursday for that. And until then, my name is Larry D, and this has been the Bears Talk Underground. Bears Talk Underground.